everybody. Are we good? Man, it's so good to see everybody today. I want to take a minute before we jump into our content. I want to welcome everybody who is joining us right now online. Online, we love you. Come on, church. Can we welcome everybody who's watching with us today? So good. So good. So glad that you guys are here. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're in this great series called Theophany, and uh, we're learning what it, what it looks like when God shows up in, in an amazing, powerful way. We're going to jump into that in just a moment. But before we do, I want to give a couple shout-outs. Number one, I want to give a shout-out to all the dudes. Fellas, let me hear you. We had, we had, that was really good. That was really good, actually. Good job, Anya. Um, we had 170 men join us for our men's breakfast yesterday, church. Come on, that was amazing. So fun. And I want to just say, like, it was really, really cool because I really believe that God is doing something and it's starting uh, in, in, in with the men. And I'm so thankful for that because when you get men who are pursuing God, who love God, who are chasing God, you will get a church that loves God. And I just want to give the, uh, the fellas an attaboy. Come on, church. Can we just give it up for all the fellas saying, way to go, way to take steps. Awesome, so, so excited. And then, of course, next week, everybody, Candy Palooza, it's an awesome, amazing opportunity. God's going to use that to help people find and follow Jesus. Be inviting, be praying. Can't wait to see what God does with it. And um, it's, it's going to be cool. It's going to be really, really cool. All right, jumping into theophany, here we go. We're talking today about what it means when God shows up in a powerful, undeniable way. Theophany, given a definition, if you haven't written this down yet, write this down right now. A theophany is this, a visible manifestation of God to humankind. All right, it's when God shows up in person. It's when his presence or uh, his, his actual, an actual human form, God presents himself and says, I'm going to come and I'm going to be a part of where you are in your moment with you. That's the, that's the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible throughout the Old Testament shows up at some real profound times, some, some real significant times, and makes a massive difference in people's lives. And, and we're, taking a we're taking some uh, time in this series to look at moments where God showed up and made a big, big difference in people's lives. And so uh, we're going to be talking today about one of the times where God shows up and he answers the question, why? Everybody ask why. Why? It's a question we ask all the time. And, and, and the, reason, the reason we ask this question is because life is constantly presenting issues where we're like, why is this, why is this happening to me? And, and this, this question gets answered in the book of Job, and, and it's really is a beautiful picture of one of the best uh, rags to riches stories of all time, but it starts with a riches to rags stories. Don't, how many of you guys like rags to riches stories? Just raise your hand all across this place. Don't you love that? Like, um, usually around the NFL, uh, NFL playoffs, we'll have like this great rags to riches story, like building up to the Super Bowl or at the Super Bowl. They're always talking about like this athlete who came out of East Los Angeles you know, a rough neighborhood, made it all the way to, you know, made it, and now he's, he's playing in the Super Bowl, and we're all like, I don't even know this person, but I'm rooting for him. Have you ever been in that moment? My wife, she always gets excited right around uh, Super Bowl time. She gets really into it, and, and last year, she was, like, studying. Uh, she's like, oh, she always studies the people, like, oh, man, this person, this. then last year, she studied Josh Allen, you know, and so, would you guys know who Josh Allen is? Chiefs fans, that was... That was your opportunity to boo. Um, but so she was like getting really excited. She's like, oh my goodness, did you know he didn't even get a scholarship to a D1 college? 
And I was like, that's really great, Jen. We can root for Josh Allen as long as he's not playing Patrick Mahomes. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's okay to root for him just as long as he's not playing Patrick Mahomes. I mean, and so we, we love the rags to riches stories, but Job is, is actually the opposite. It's, a, it's the opposite of a rags to riches story. It's a guy who had it all and then lost it all and then found himself asking the question so many of us find ourselves asking. He asked the question, why? Why is this happening to me? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Have you ever found yourself asking God that question? I mean, life gives us these opportunities all the time to ask this question like, you know, you're driving along the road and some, you're, you're in the left lane and someone pulls in front of you and you expect them to go quickly because it is the left lane. And for whatever reason, they start driving slow and you start asking the question, why, why exactly, yeah. Or, you, you know, I don't know if you guys play this game at the grocery store, but like, I always try to find the line that's gonna go fastest. You ever do this? Like, it's a little competition that I have with myself. I'm like, I will find the line that goes the fastest. And so I'm looking, I'm studying, I'm like, oh yeah, that checker's got a bagger. Okay, we're gonna do great. So, all right, we're gonna get in there. And then all of a sudden, the person in front of you pulls out a check. The worst. And then they're needing to pull out their ID. And then they're like calling for a manager to authenticate. And you're just seeing lines next to you just fly by. And you're asking, why? Why is this happening to me? Or if you ever call for customer service, like and you think you're going to cheat the system, right? You know, you, zero, 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 zero. You're right? You're going to do that? And finally, you get connected with somebody, and, and you're like, oh, hey, great, that's awesome. Can, you know, I, I want to give you my number, you know, just so that in case we get this, like, you're on the phone for 30 minutes on hold. You're like, I'll give you my number. You start giving them your number. You get, like, to the last three digits, and the call drops. And, you, of course, you ask, why? Why? Why is something we ask all the time? And then life gives us some real big whys. Like maybe the, the marriage falls apart or the kids are getting bullied at school or you get that cancer diagnosis or you just find yourself in a season where you're feeling lonely or insignificant and you find yourself asking the question, come on everybody, say it one more time. Why? why? Have you ever asked why? That's, that's what happens in the book of Job. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Job chapter 1. It's really, it's real. the book of Job is, is, if you're not in a good place, don't read the book of Job. Like, it's, it's, it's not, at least the first part of it. Actually, don't read most of it. Just skip to the end. Because, but, but it's good, to, it's good for us to, to go through a book like the book of Job because this guy goes through difficult situation after difficult situation after difficult situation but God shows up and works himself into Job's situation. And we learn a lot about God as we do. And so we're going to look in Job chapter 1. We're going to start with verse 1. If you're ready to jump in, say in. All right, let's do it. Job chapter 1. In the land of Uz, there was a man named Job. This man was blameless and upright, 
He feared God and shunned evil when he had seven sons and three daughters and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen and 500 donkeys and he had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. All right, so this guy, was a, he was blessed. He had a lot going for him. He was one of the greatest people uh, on the planet and he was a good dude. So like sometimes it's like, it's, sometimes you can find yourself being jealous of someone who's doing really good, but like when that person's like really generous and they're also really kind, you're like, man, I can't even be jealous. Like, I'm just happy for you. That's Job. You can't not be happy for Job or help be, be happy for Job. He's just amazing. But, but the enemy of his soul, Satan, doesn't like this very much. Skip to verse six. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came with them. All right, now just pause, put a pin in that. If you're reading the Bible, you're like, wait, what? Here's, 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 the, here's the devil talking to God. Like, does this actually happen? You know, I, I, apparently, apparently, at least it did. I don't know if it actually continually does, but at least it did. Where Satan comes before God and has this little conversation. And we get a glimpse into it in the book of Job. We get this little snapshot of what this looks like. So verse seven, the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. It's almost like God's just being like, hey, I know you're trying to mess people up, but hey, you need to look at this guy. And I don't think it's God inviting Satan to mess with Job, I just think he's like, man, will you look at this guy? He's living for me. He lives upright. There's nobody like him. And then Satan says, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds and are spread throughout the land, but now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and surely he will curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, well, very well then. Everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. And then bad things happen. You read the next several verses in the book of Job. It's he loses one aspect of his household. He loses another aspect of his household. He loses, he loses flocks. He, he loses his sons and daughters. He loses everything except his, his wife. And you would expect Job to be bitter. You would expect Job to be angry at God, right? He loses everything. And then, but yet you read, he's not. Look at this, verse 20. At this, Job got up and tore his robe, shaved his head, and then he fell down to the ground in worship. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. It is, it is amazing. It is, it is an amazing response. And he says, in all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. Can you imagine this? The dude loses everything he has except for his wife. And he says, God, you gave it to me. You can take it. But I'm going to praise your name. This is absolutely amazing. And so Satan goes back to God. And God's like, look, told you, my boy came through. And Satan's like, yeah, but you didn't let me touch him. If you let me touch him, well, then you're going to see a totally different situation. And so 
Job chapter 2, verse 7. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord, afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. Then Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. That's, that's a bad place. He's in a bad place. I mean, he's going through it. He's lost everything. And at least you would think he has his wife who's there to offer an encouraging word. Nope. Verse 9. His wife said to him, Are you still maintaining your integrity? I just feel like we got to do a little bit. Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. Thanks, honey. Love, love you too, sweetheart. So glad Satan didn't take you. <laughs> he replied, you were talking like a foolish woman. Fellas, I'm not suggesting you try this later today. But it is in the Bible, so you have precedent. That's all I'm saying. All right. No, Job says this. He says, shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Wow. Wow. What perspective. And he says, in all this, Job did not sin in what he said. So this dude is just amazing. I mean, he is going through difficult situation after difficult situation after difficult situation. I mean, it's like Will Smith in the pursuit of happiness. You know what I'm saying? One bad thing after another after another, and then it culminates with a slap. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We love you, Will. And, and Job has all of this he has all of this perspective, and he's doing great, and his faith is unwavering until chapter 3. Chapter 3, something happens. Chapter 3, he, he breaks down. And, you, and you're reading, he's like, man, I just wish I wasn't even born. He's like, why am I even here? I wish, I, w- I curse the day of my birth. And then he has friends who show up, if you call them friends, who show up. And all they do is pile on. All they do is pile on. They just, all they say, yeah, and you know what, Job? It's probably all your fault. Actually, if you look at it, in fact, look at Job chapter 22. I want to give you a couple examples of this. Job 22 verse 4. Is, is it for your piety, piety that he rebukes you and brings charges against you? Is not your wickedness great? Are not your sins endless? He's like, hey, have you been talking to my wife? Are you guys like together on this? Like, one of them says in verse, uh, or chapter eight, that it's, it's ki- his kid's fault that they died. Look, does God pervert justice? Does the Almighty pervert what is right? When your children sinned against him, he gave them over to the penalty of their sin. This is not God's heart. And yet they are representing themselves as God's heart. Can I just encourage you for a moment? that everybody who claims to be speaking on the behalf of God to you is not speaking on behalf of God to you? Do you know that it's actually possible for the enemy to use people who are well-meaning and love Jesus even to bring negativity and despair into your heart? And, and that's what happens with Job. 
And he, he endures this back and forth for 30 chapters. 30 chapters going back and forth with these so-called friends until a different friend shows up named Elihu who begins to shift Job's perspective back to God, Job 36. How great is God beyond our understanding? The number of his years is past finding out. Praise God for people like Elihu. Praise God for people who are like Elihu, who, where we're going through difficult situations, we're feeling overwhelmed, we're feeling like things are just one right after another, beating us down, and someone comes and says, hey, but look to God. That's the type of people we want around us. And we're gonna unpack that here in just a moment. And then the theophany shows up, was where God actually makes himself known. God shows up and speaks to Job himself and starts asking Job some questions. Job chapter 38 and verse four. He says, were you there when I laid the earth's foundation? He's like, Job, I know you're asking why, but I just have a question for you. Were you there when I like did this whole thing from scratch? Were you there when I like, like made it? When I, were you there when the spirit of God was hovering over the waters and spoke everything into existence? Job 38 says, I made the clouds its garment, this is God, and wrapped it in thick darkness when I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place when I said, this far you may come and no farther. Here is where your proud waves halt. Job 38 verse 12, have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place? Job 38 verse 16, have you journeyed to the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have you ever been down to the bottom of the ocean, Job? Have you ever seen it? Because I have, I made it. God is answering his question by giving him a revelation of who he is. He says, have the, ga the, the uh, gates of the death been shown to you? Have you seen the gates of the deepest darkness? Have you comprehended the vast expanses of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. What is the way to the abode of light and where does darkness reside? Can you take them to their places? Do you know the paths to their blessings? God shows up. And he gives some other things. He talks about some of the amazing creatures that he has made. And he's like, hey, have you, have you ever seen one of these? Have you ever seen one of these? And he goes, he goes on and on and on. He goes, do you know what I know? And Job's like, I, I don't. And this revelation of God makes Job go, oh, God, I'm, I'm so sorry for even questioning you. He repents he ends up forgiving his friends and God ends up blessing him in a mighty way with more than he ever had before. And it's a great story of what happens when God shows up when we're facing a why moment. I wanna give you three takeaways today from the entire book of Job. Three takeaways that, that you apply to your life, you're gonna be better because of it. Number one is this, remember that God doesn't cause evil to happen to us. Number two, be careful which voices we listen to. Number three, take encouragement in the fact that God will meet us in our pain and can use it for good. I want you to take those notes down. Take a picture of that if it's, a, if it's still on the screen. Maybe you can throw it back on there if you haven't yet. But I want you, to, because if you're going through a why moment or you will be going through a why moment, you want to tuck these away. Tuck these away because the book of Job is a gift to us. God's theophany here is a gift to us that we can have hope 
when we're facing difficult situations. We're gonna, we're gonna unpack these. Before we do, I want you to turn and tell three people next to you, say, God can give a reason to your why. Come on and tell three people, God can give a reason to your why. First thing, remember that God doesn't cause evil to happen to us. You gotta remember that. When evil is happening to you, remember that God does not cause it. He did not create evil. He does not like evil. He is actively trying to eliminate evil. That's what Jesus came to do. He is eliminating evil. That is not what God does. But what we see in Job is that there's more happening in our reality than, than what we see. It's kind of like Transformers. You know Transformers? What the little theme is, there's more than... I was just seeing what nerds we had in here. Like, I was just trying to see, like, I was just trying to figure out, come on, how many grew up with Transformers? Anybody grew up with Transformers? I mean, that's just, like, the amazing. Thank you for the clap. Thank you for that. <laughs> but, there, but it's true. More than meets the eye. Because what you see isn't all that's happening. That's what we see in the book of Job. What we see, what Job sees is loss. Everything's just going away. He just sees his family dying. He just sees his wife griping. He just sees all of his portfolio being emptied out. But what we see also is that there is more than meets the eye. Job chapter one, God asked Satan where he's been and Satan says, from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. God didn't create evil. Evil happened because of disobedience and selfishness and pride and ego. And our attacks come not from God, but from the enemy of our souls. The Bible says in Ephesians 6 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of the heavenly realms. What you are, what you are fighting is not all that you are fighting. And that is a great place for an amen, church. Come on, somebody. What you are fighting is not all that you are fighting. There is more than meets the eye. First Peter chapter five says this, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Do you realize that you have an enemy? You have an enemy of your soul and, and the Bible compares him to a lion where he's, he's roaring, he's, crawling around, he's searching, he's sneaking, looking, studying, waiting, waiting for the right moment, studying your weaknesses. Second Corinthians says, in order that Satan may not outwit uh, us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. He's a schemer. He's scheming, he's studying you. He's, he's looking for when you have that tired moment. He's looking for when, when uh, you're feeling weak. He's looking for when you're feeling discouraged and he's orchestrating things to set up the perfect moment so that he can take you out. We have an enemy of our souls who is working nonstop. God is for us, but the enemy is definitely against us. And so the important thing for us is when we go through a difficult season, when we find ourselves asking why, don't blame God, but look to God. And recognize that the enemy is the one who is coming at you. So you might be experiencing a sickness. Say, so, you know, this might be an attack from the enemy. 
You might be experiencing some discouragement. You might be having some strife in your marriage. Don't just think it's accidental. Give the devil the credit he is due and recognize he might be at work because we are not unaware of his schemes. But church, let me tell you this, we are not afraid of his schemes either because he is great, but God is greater. We have an enemy of our souls, but greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And there's something that rises up when you start feeling some opposition, you start feeling some strife, you'd be like, I'm gonna recognize this is the enemy, but my God is greater. And I come against you in the name of the Lord. God does not create evil, he doesn't do it. Second thing I wanna encourage you with is to be careful which voices you listen to. Be careful which voices you listen to. I've shared this story before, but um, I had, I had a, a, a Jeep a Grand Cherokee, great little, great little like four-wheel drive vehicle, loved taking this to a campground that our church had back in the day, and uh, we'd go in the back 40 acres, and sometimes when it would rain, like, like there'd be puddles that would form, and that's the best with a Jeep, you know what I'm saying? Come on, somebody. When you go mudding, you get in the back, you just go mudding, and like, and it wasn't even, it wasn't even lifted, but that thing did really, really good. It did really, really good, and we're just like going through like these little trails, it's so much fun, and and we came to uh, like what was a, a large puddle that had been raining a lot, and there was like five dudes in this Jeep, so the thing's already weighted down a little bit. And one of my friends, alleged friends, <laughs> in the back was like, oh yeah, we got this, man, let's go. And I'm like, I don't know, are you sure? Wisdom was calling out, Jesus was there, get out, check the depth. Jesus was saying, grab one of those branches and surely just see how far this thing goes. But foolishness was in the back seat. <laughs> That's a good sermon right there. <laughs> and they were saying, oh, we got this. Let's go. Take it. Let's do it. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> so we backed it on up. And <laughs> Things floating like a sailboat, man. It's just like <laughs> had to bring a tractor all the way out to pull it out. Thing was done, just done. Just I had to sell it for almost nothing. This is what's happening to Job. He's got some friends who are helping him get stuck. I had a friend who had a tractor who came and got me unstuck, but I also had a friend who got me stuck in the first place. You got to be careful which voices you listen to. Out of the five people that we see in Job's life, only one of them points him to God. His wife says, curse God and die. His other three friends say, you know, it's your fault. And Elihu comes and says, man, look to God. I can, I can see this working in people's lives. I've seen it. Have you seen it? When people surround themselves with the wrong people, they end up in the wrong place. When you have people in you who are constantly bringing negativity, discouragement, who are constantly telling you why this won't work, what, what, what isn't good about this, and all of a sudden you see it affecting your spirit, I want to encourage you, if you're going through a difficult situation, be very careful of the voices you listen to. 
Let me just tell you this, because the words you believe will be the realities you experience. That's worth writing down, because it's true, true, true. The words you believe are the realities you will experience. Jesus says this, as your faith is, so be it unto you. If you believe it, it will happen. If you don't, it won't. And if you allow negativity, if you allow discouragement, especially when you're going through a difficult situation, you will find yourself in a bad place. Is it any wonder Job spends almost 30 chapters in discouragement? It's because he's got discouragement around him until Elihu shows up. Where was Elihu? We don't know, but praise God Elihu shows up because right after Elihu shows up, God shows up. Is it any wonder when you get someone around you who's speaking life, speaking encouragement, helping point you to God and all of a sudden God gets more real to you? Is that a coincidence? No, it's how it works. If you surround yourself with people who are pushing you away from God, then don't be surprised when you find yourself away from God. You need people who will help point you to God. You gotta get the right voices in your life. So be like, but I don't know any. Everybody I look around is, is negative, is, is leading me away. Then I wanna encourage you, get in a small group. Get in a small group here at Summer Park. And some of you are like, no, but that's who I'm talking about. <laughs> then get in a different small group. <laughs> Get in a different small group and tell us so we can disband that small group, okay? But, but you, you, need, you need to, sometimes, sometimes you, you need to cut influences off. Sometimes you need to say, you can go no further. Sometimes, sometimes you need to say, I, I, I keep ending up further away from God. And, and, and I want to give you a little test. Because some of you are like, well, how will I know if this is a good voice or a bad voice? It's, there's a little test. Does the voice that you're hearing produce more faith or less faith? Does the voice encourage your spirit or does it feed your flesh? Are you more full of yourself afterwards or are you more, or are you more full of God? After hearing this voice, do you feel closer to God or further from him? That's the way you test it. Is this voice helping you or is it hurting you? You need people who will come alongside, who will say, man, I want you to look to God. You might be going through it, but I want you to know God is good and he does good and he has good and he's working as good in your situation. I wanna encourage you, let's pray right now. Let's get together, let's get, let's get our group together. Let's all circle up. Let's believe that what you're going through will pass in Jesus' name. That's the type of people you need to surround yourself with. You need people who will be in that corner with you and, and, I'd be, and honestly, I'd be careful sharing, I'd be careful being vulnerable with people who are not gonna help you look to God. Because once you open yourself up, you wanna be careful that they're gonna help you get to where you need to go. And the third thing is this, take encouragement in the fact that God will meet us in our pain and can use it for good. 
You know, when we're in a why state, we need someone to meet us there and help bring perspective. And that's exactly what God does. It's interesting because when you read the Theophany, I want to encourage you to do this. It's really hard to tackle the whole book of Job in, in one sermon. So I'd encourage you to go read this on your own. Read the Theophany as God reveals himself to Job. But, but God doesn't answer Job's questions. He, he doesn't. He just says, were you there when I laid the foundations? He says, have you ever been to the recesses of the deep? Have you ever looked death in the face? Do, do, have you, Job? Just wondering, just curious. He doesn't answer Job's questions. He just gives Job a greater revelation of himself. Do you know what we really need when we're going through a why situation? Not answers. We need the answer. Come on, somebody. We need, we need the one who knows and holds all of this together, and we need to be in relationship. We need to understand, we need to understand him. And God says, Job, I'm gonna meet you in your pain, but I want you to look to my plan. I want you to look to my plan. I've got a plan that you don't know about. I'm working things that you can't see. And I thought about it. It's like to understand God's ways is like trying to explain astrophysics to a toddler. You know what I'm saying? You know, you, you start talking to try to break down ideas like adaptive optics or luminosity and protons and pulsars and quarks. And yes, I did look all of that stuff up this week. <laughs> but you're trying to explain all of that to a toddler if you knew what it meant. And all the toddler's thinking about is, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I'm happy, or I made a mess in my pants. You know what I'm saying? Like truly. So that's us times a gazillion compared to God, right? God is so vast, so varied, so infinite. We could never understand his ways completely. But what we can do is get a greater revelation of who he is in our lives as we step into relationship with him. And that's the beauty of God. He wants you to step into relationship with him. And as you step into relationship, all of a sudden it's like all of the why stuff, all of the frustration stuff, you're like, God, I don't understand it. But I'm gonna trust that you know what you're doing, that you are good and you do good and you're bringing about good for me right now. That's what God wants to do. And God can do it if we will let him. And, and the beauty is, is that God can bring, God can actually bring good out of the bad. That's the God that we serve. I, I, didn't, I didn't read this, but Job chapter 42, this is where you got to go to the end of the book to, to really, this is where it will encourage you. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. After he prayed, after God showed himself, God blessed him with double. I want you to know this, that God, in the midst of your bad situations, can, can bring good out of it. A good that you can't see right now. A good that you wouldn't have even imagined. God can use your story to encourage someone else's story. God can encourage your story to encourage you. 
As you look back, you're like, man, I went through that, but God, you brought me up out of that. Praise be the name of the Lord. I want you to know this. Job is a different person on the other side of this, isn't he? He's a different person. And I love what A.W. Tozer says, it is doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. And nobody wants to be hurt, but all of us want to be blessed. And sometimes he's gotta take you through the valley to bring you to the mountaintop. But as, he's, as you're in the valley, you can know that he has you and that he's with you and that he's for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Would, you, would you pray with me today? Father, thank you so much for your goodness and your grace. Father, I thank you so much for those that, that need a revelation of you that are here today. They need to experience you. And I pray that, God, you would meet them and that you would show up. You would show up in a powerful way. Show up in a powerful way. Reveal yourself. Make yourself known. Make yourself known to them in a real, undeniable, demonstrable way. I want to take a moment. You're here today, and I want to ask you a question. Some of you, you're going through it. You've got a why situation right now. And you're struggling. I want you to know God sees you. God knows you. He has a plan for you. He loves you. And if you'll look to him, he will help you. But it starts when you say yes. When you say, God, I want you to move into my life. The reality is all of that comes online if you make a decision to follow him first. And if some of you are here today and you're saying, man, I don't know God. Or maybe I've walked away from God and I'm doing my own thing. I want, I want to I want to welcome you home. We're gonna pray for people here in just a moment. We're gonna pray for situations in just a moment. But you're here today and you're away from God, the first thing you need to do is get right with God. And if you're here today and you're saying, man, I, I once knew God or I, want, I, 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 I grew up in church, but man, I've been away or man, I'm, you're talking about knowing God. I don't really know him. I wanna invite you to experience God in a real undeniable way. If you're here today and you're saying, man, this is speaking right to me. I need to make a decision for the first time or for the first time in a long time, I want to pray for you. I want to believe God to do something amazing in your life. I'm going to count to three in just a moment. And as I do, as I, as, as I, as I hit three, I want you to say, yeah, raise your hand and say, that's me. I need to make a decision for the first time or for the first time in a long time to follow Jesus and make him Lord of my life. Because all the restoration, all of the hope, all of the help, all of the peace that you want and that you need will come online as you pursue Jesus and you make him the, uh, the priority of your life. So if you're here today and you say, man, this is speaking to me, I need to make a decision for the first time or for the first time in a long time to follow Jesus and make him Lord of my life. Would you slip your hands up? I'm gonna count to, th I'm gonna count to three. One, God is with you and he is for you. Two, he wants to restore you and he wants to bring online a relationship with him. Three, just raise up your hand and say, Jesus, I say yes to you all across this place. Just say, that's me. I wanna make a decision to follow Christ. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Hands going up. God sees you. God, God wants to move in your life. Father, I pray for every person who is responding. I pray that, God, you would do a powerful work in their lives. I pray that you would shape them and that you would change them from the inside out. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, will you stand with me all across this place? I'm going to ask those who are praying for others to come down to the front. We're going to take time right now. We're going to pray and we're gonna believe God to do something powerful in people's lives. And um, if, you're, if you're here 
and you're going through a situation, we want to we pray for you. There's something powerful about getting prayed for. There's something powerful about, about laying on of hands and anointing with oil. The Bible, the Bible clearly says that when we do that, God shows up and he heals us. James chapter five, I wanna encourage you, if you have a need in your body, if you're going through a wise situation, I wanna encourage you, let us pray for you and let's believe God to move today, to change wise situations and to bring us closer to Jesus. Can we just pray about all of this? Can you lift your hands all across this place and let's believe God to do that today. Father, we thank you. Thank you that God, you are good and you do good. Thank you, God, that you are bringing good into our lives, Lord, that you want us to experience all that you are and all that you have. Father, we say yes to you. We say yes to you. We ask you to show up in an undeniable way. Work in our lives. Change our circumstances for your glory and your grace. And Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship. on church let's put our hands together thank the lord in this place man it's so good 
Hey, the prayer team's going to stay up here. I want to encourage you, if you didn't step forward, but you're going through something challenging right now, be encouraged that God's faithful. He sees where you are, and all it takes is a step of faith to trust Him and believe that God can work in your heart and life. We're, we're going to be up here. We're going to be praying for those. I want to encourage you to do that as soon as I dismiss. also want to encourage you, if you are a first-time guest, be sure to stop by the Connect Center. We'd love to greet you and give you a gift on your way out. And one last thing, service might be over, but church is not. You are the church. We are the church. We're the light of the world. So this week, be praying for people, inviting them to come back next week for Candy Palooza. Make sure you take that invite. Thanks so much for coming out to Summit Park. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you later. God bless.
trust in you, Lord. All we want is you, Lord. All our eyes on you, Lord. All our hope in you, Lord. All our trust in you.
every voice. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood.